Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we're going to be going over um, a little bit about something that I myself for a long time didn't understand, and I have realized by talking to people that there are still lots of people that don't understand this. And what this is, and this is I'm not going to do a full podcast right now on dispensations, even though I am going to do one of those. Um, But one thing a person needs to understand whenever they're reading the Bible um, is they need to rightly divide the word of truth. And one of the ways by doing that and understanding that is understanding that a lot of things that are written in the Bible apply to different people, okay, or different a different covenant to different people. Okay, let's just say it that way. So one of the things that I have heard very recently has to do with this um, thing going on in Israel right now. As of the other day, as of the um, date of making this podcast, Israel, according to the news, was attacked by Hamas, and Israel has declared a state of war over there. And there's all kinds of people supposedly been killed, and just on and on and on with that. And I, I'm, we may do a podcast about that as well. However, I've been listening to the radio and other stuff, and lots of preachers come on there on these different radio stations, and they're saying that, you know, this is some of the signs of the end of the age, and they always quote Matthew 24. That's the very first thing they do, is they say, you know, um, in Matthew 24, you know, it says you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, see that you're not troubled, all these things must come to pass. It says in number seven here, verse seven, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in, di- in diverse places. So they use this, Matthew 24, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's good stuff here. But one has to understand that Matthew 24 is actually speaking to Jews about Jacob's trouble in the tribulation. It is not to Christians now. Okay, so basically, this particular thing, this particular, you know, verse, scripture here, starts with Matthew 24, verse 3, and it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, talking about Jesus, The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So right there tells you what we're talking about, okay? They're not talking about Jesus coming back to rapture up Christians. They're talking about the sign of his second coming, which is going to be Armageddon, which is the end of the world as they know it, okay? End of everything. Armageddon is when Jesus comes back and punishes the people and sets up his kingdom on earth, okay? So that's what we're referring to here. And then Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. This is during the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, okay? And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So in other words, during this seven years, after the Christians have been removed, okay, during the rapture, after the rapture, all this stuff is going to start happening to the people left behind. And these are, these are to the Jews that are left behind. That's what this is for. Jacob's trouble is aimed towards the Jews, not to Christians. Okay? He goes on to say, you know, for nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. Um, and these are the beginning of sorrows. It says right here, you know, verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So in other words, if you're following Jesus during the tribulation because you missed the rapture, um, they're going to kill you, okay, if you profess Jesus. And it talks and says, you know, that many shall be offended and they shall betray one another. Um, there's going to be many false prophets that are going to try to lead you astray, okay. Um and it goes on, and in verse 13 it says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So, see, that doesn't apply to Christians right there. Christians don't have to worry about enduring to the end of anything. All we have to do is live our lives, be saved, put our faith in Jesus Christ, and then we'll get raptured out. We don't have to worry about living during Jacob's trouble or the seven-year tribulation and trying to endure through that, okay? So, and then we go on and it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Okay, so I just wanted to... Go over, you know, some proofs here, a few proofs, maybe three or four or five, that Matthew 24 is not written to Christians. So, obviously, I've just read you that section there, and that's out of the King James Bible. Um, you should go look it for yourself. But see, you need to read this stuff in order and study it and pray about it to understand it. Okay, you need to study to show yourself approved. Okay, because you need to rightly divide the word of truth. So the first thing I want to make note of here that I was going to say is that in verse 14, you know, it says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Okay, well, after Jesus Christ dies on the cross and is raised from the dead, you know, he comes to the apostle Paul and he tells Paul to go to the Gentiles. Okay, that's what we are. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Okay, so Paul never mentioned or talked about a kingdom. Okay, Paul never told anybody that, you know, the gospel that he preaches is a gospel of the kingdom. So what Paul here um, describes as the gospel is actually found in 1 Corinthians um, 15, 1 through 4. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which is also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, 
by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached to you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So that right there is the gospel that the Apostle Paul was preaching. There is no mention of any kingdom come and enduring to the end. So again, Matthew 24 is not for Christians. It was written to Jews. So basically, um, you know, in, in Matthew chapter 24, Christians did, didn't even exist, okay? The disciples aren't even called Christians until Acts chapter 11, verse 26, and that's years and years later after Jesus had spoke in Matthew 24, Okay, and I'll read that to you. Acts eleven twenty six says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Okay, so this is years after Christ spoke in Matthew 24. So it wasn't until Matthew 27 okay, that Jesus actually dies on the cross. Now, in order, after after Jesus died on the cross, okay, that starts another testament, okay, another covenant. You can't have the covenant of him dying on the cross and his shed blood if he has not died on the cross and hasn't shed his blood. So up until that point, you don't have that. Okay, and we can go to Hebrews um, 9, let's see, 15 through 17, and it kind of explains this. It says, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Okay, because he, Christ is the, is the mediator of the New Testament by his death, okay? For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength, all while the testator liveth. So, do you catch that? What we're saying here is you can't have the New Testament of Christ until Christ has died and rose again, you see. So everything up to leading up to Christ's death, if you will, here, is basically still Old Testament. Even though the Bible calls it the New Testament, that's what it's written in, you don't actually get to the New Testament until after Christ has died and is rose again, you see. Okay, let's go on to another one here. Matthew twenty four fifteen. it says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, this is Christ talking, by the way, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Okay, that's, you know, that's one, one of the things here, is that's one of the things you're going to see. Okay, so my question would be, 
how can the Antichrist stand in the holy place to a Christian whenever, according to Scripture, our body is a temple of God, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? Let me read that for you. So, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Okay, the next verse. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Okay, so you as a Christian, your body is the temple of God. God lives in you, you see. So as you can see, referring back to Matthew 24, um, how can the Antichrist stand there in your temple, and how can you see him standing there if the temple is your body? You see, that's because Matthew 24 is not talking about a Christian's temple, your body. It's talking about a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem where the Antichrist sets himself up to be worshipped. This temple will be an actual temple built in Jerusalem, you know, that's used during the tribulation for the Antichrist to set himself up and to be worshipped. This is where he implements the mark of the beast and all that stuff. That is during the seven-year tribulation. A Christian will never see that. If you're an actual saved Christian who believes in Christ and put your faith in Christ, you will never see that. Okay? That wrath, Jacob's trouble, is designed for the Jews. It's designed to get the Jews to come back to Christ. It's their punishment. Now, the Bible clearly states that a Christian doesn't have to go through that wrath. Okay? We're not destined to wrath. So... This is not for you. This is stuff referring to Jews. So if we go on to the next verse over here, um, verse 16 in, in Matthew 24, you know, it says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. That's one of the things it says here. Okay. Well, what are Christians doing in Judea to begin with? Okay, they're not. Christians aren't over in Judea. But who is? Jews. Okay. So we can go down again here to verse 20, and it says, We pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Okay? Again, show me where, of course, I know people, people talk about the Sabbath all the time, but you show me where Apostle Paul ever told a Christian to keep the Sabbath day, and, and you know, to keep the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I mean, what we can do here is we'll go over to Romans 13.9, okay? And we're going to look at a list of commandments that Christians are supposed to keep, and you will find that the Sabbath day is not mentioned, okay? And here it is. So Romans 13.9 says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Because see, you get, that, you get that last one there. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you will not do any of that stuff to him because you don't want that stuff done to you. And who is your neighbor? Anybody. That doesn't mean your physical neighbor, the guy that lives next door to you. Okay? That is anybody. 
any fellow Christian is your neighbor, probably any person. You should not do any of that stuff to them because you don't want it done to yourself. So, again, you will not find the Sabbath day mentioned, okay? That's because the Sabbath day and keeping it holy was for the Jews, not for Christians. Okay, let's go over here to Matthew 24, 30. And it says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So what I did there is I put a little extra emphasis on the word sign. Why did I do that? Because who requires a sign? Jews. Jews require a sign. So we can turn over here to 1 Corinthians 1.22, and it says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So it's pretty obvious that Matthew 24 is actually written to Jews, not Christians, and that's why the time period that's coming is called the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay, and you can see in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved of it. So the only reason I can see and that I've understood that anybody would want to take Matthew 24, for example, and apply it to a Christian is because they are trying to teach um, salvation by works. Okay, They are trying to push on people that you have to do all these things to endure to the end, and you have to be this person, really good person, and you have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to keep the Sabbath, and you've got all this list of rules that you need to do in order to make it to the end, endure to the end, and they don't even know what the end is they're talking about. The end that they're talking about there is the end of Jacob's trouble, the end of the seven-year tribulation, which again is not for Christians. It's specifically for Jews. It's to punish the Jews and get them to realize that Christ is their king so they can turn from their sin and come back to Christ. That's what this whole thing is for. It's for the Jews. It's for God's people. So, you know, if you have a preacher or a pastor, whoever, telling you and reading out of Matthew, for example, 24, and trying to apply it to today and claiming this stuff applies to you as a Christian, I mean, they're, they're incorrect. They're, they're incorrect. It does not apply. Now, what he is describing here is going to happen. It is real. Okay, now, if you're a Christian, so-called, but you're not really a Christian, and you miss the rapture, you will be stuck in this time period, right along with the Jews. Now, most of this stuff is going to be going on over there in Jerusalem. God knows what's going to be going on here, wherever you're at. You know, so because it it talks, you know, when it's talking about Jacob's trouble, it's talking about fleeing to fleeing into the mountains and all the stuff they're doing is talking about stuff over there. Um, So I don't know what it's going to be like here for you, but I'm sure it's going to be just as bad, if not worse. So, you know, and right now you can accept Christ as your savior and you can accept a free gift of grace by faith. You know, you, you can accept your free salvation right now, but once that rapture takes place and we go into another 
another um, dispensation, if you will, then simple grace by faith isn't going to work then. Then you do have works involved. Then you actually have to do some other stuff. Okay, so, you know, you're going to, to get through this thing without taking the mark of the beast, you're going to have to probably die as a martyr. Okay, you you will go through some really rough times, um, but you don't have to. You know, you don't have to do that because you can get saved right now and avoid the whole entire thing. Even a Jew can. A Jew can accept Christ and avoid this whole entire thing if you want to. Now, I've also heard, I've heard this from several people, say that, you know, in the beginning of this seven-year tribulation, the first three and a half years, you know, is not really anything too super bad. It's basically men. It's men against you, not God against you. But I have read and reread Revelation, and it is painfully clear that Christ is the one who opens up the first seals and gets that thing started. So this is not men doing it. It's Christ in heaven doing it. He's the one that opens up the seals and gets this thing started. So if Christ is the one in heaven opening up the seals, then this is what he has caused or allowed to happen by opening up the seals. This is not a man-made deal. So again, you know, there are lots of different dispensations, okay, in the Bible. There are lots of different covenants and things like that that apply to different people. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to eventually, I'm going to do a podcast on dispensational truth so you can kind of get an idea of some of these different different dispensations. Okay, but obviously like this, this is a, it's something being spoke to a different person, a different people at a different time. We are in the Pauline epistles, okay? We are going by what Jesus Christ told Paul and what Paul taught to the Gentiles. That's what we are. So we're basically in a in our own dispensation here. This it's soon to end. It's going to it's going to end with the rapture. And so then it's it's going to go on into into the, you know, tribulation. We're not supposed to be there. It's not for us. So I hope this helped you. If you have any questions, comments, anything, give me an email at truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. Also, you can go to my website at kennywilliamson.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.